Welcome to Creators by Moonlight. Real conversations with content creators. Christian Melton is an actor from the town of Hinesville on the Georgia coast. An army brat, he moved many times in his youth before deciding upon a creative career. In this interview, he gives a detailed overview on daily life as a performance arts major, as well as describing the favorite place that he's lived, life with a drill instructor father, and his experience graduating in the year 2020. I came from a military family. Kind of just, you know, your standard military brat childhood with the traveling and the never knowing how long you're going to be in one place kind of deal. We ended up settling in Hinesville, Georgia at Fort Stewart for a good bit of time. Hinesville is your standard run-of-the-mill small southern town, I would say, except it's being kept alive by a military base, which has helped grow this place immensely. The surrounding areas around Fort Stewart being Hinesville, Ludowici, Jessup area, there's a lot of overlap and reasons why these people are in this area at times because of the military base. It really has done wonders for this town, you know. I remember when this town was nothing but just trees and, you know, little hotels here and there, trailer parks and stuff, and the little downtown area. And now we're at a point where, you know, we're like a, a bustling little town now, you know. And it's really interesting to see that growth over the years. When I left Fort Stewart initially as a child and then came back as a teenager, it was insane to me to see how how much um, development had happened in this town. It's that little town that could. It has its own little charm to it. I have a, I have a bit of love for this place. It's a nice little out-of-the-way spot. And that's where I really, you know, got to start my life as a kid. So my father was in the Army and served for about 22 to 24 years, I believe. And he's quiet. <laughs> he has a quiet disposition, you know. Not the type of person that you would think would be, you know, in the military. Because um, he was always relatively quiet, you know. He was a, a bookish guy growing up. Really in the comics. He loves comics to this day. And he used to draw. He used to be a really great artist, actually. He used to do all these awesome sketches when I was a child. And I was just always just mesmerized by them, you know? Because I was like, Dad, why aren't you, you know, working on comics or books or something, doing illustrations? Like, this stuff is so cool. And I was just always just caught off guard with what he can do because I've only ever seen him in military mode, you know, army mode. Because this, this quiet guy went on to be a drill instructor, you know? He's not the kind of person you look at and be like, oh, drill instructor. We were stationed up in Missouri for a time when I was younger, around three years old, three to six. When we were up there, he was still doing drill. And I just remember him coming home looking like um, Major Payne. You know, he would come home with the hat and that look. And I, for the life of me, could not take him seriously when we were there and he still did drill. That was a mistake, of course. <laughs> I've met a handful of drills in my life besides my dad, and they are not what you would think. Everyone that I've met has been all types of nice or charming. And, but when, when you see them in, in that drill mode, you know, they got that stick. They're very much playing that military caricature. 
I remember actually the uh, first moment that made me go, I really want to be an actor. I remember watching Harry Potter and realizing those are actors, you know, these people aren't real. And I was like, a, I was like six, you know, and I realized those are people that do this. You know, that's cool. In my time in Hinesville, and at some point I met someone from the Savannah Children's Theater. The next thing I know, I started doing shows with them and everything for a little bit as a kid. And then, of course, military happened again. We're stationed at Schofield on Oahu. Being there was probably the biggest culture shock of my life. The way that people out in Hawaii view their family dynamic is a lot different than you know, what I'm used to. You know, everyone's your family out there in a way. And you learn to value people a lot more. I mean, going to school, for example, I looked at my classmates as like my cousins, you know, and my brothers and my sisters. It was very family oriented. In fact, I think it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had as far as school has gone because I've never been to a place with such a tightly knit idea. It's crazy because I still talk to these people today, you know. I've met these folks back when I was 10 or 11 and I still have plenty of friends over there that I talk to on the regular. I just love that family spirit that they have. It's like taking the Southern mentality and upping it a lot. They didn't think you could get even stronger than Southern values, but <laughs> they manage it out there. When I was out there, I kind of dabbled in a lot of things I never really did before. I tried getting into music, which I was actually a part of a band, <laughs> a little band in high school. Oh man, that was, that was something. That was an experience. During that time, I was doing martial arts and did Taekwondo for several years. That was a lot of fun, actually. That was an amazing experience, you know, to be able to do something so rigorously because I would be in on the mat for like four or five days a week, you know, practicing, we did weapons training, we'd have sparring every week. They didn't care how old you were, you know. We didn't do the whole crying thing, you know, if you get hit, don't cry get back on the mat, keep going, you know. And it was really intense at times, you know. That discipline, I think, was really helpful for me because the only type of discipline I've known most of my life is that military family dynamic discipline, that very strict, rigid discipline. And doing Taekwondo taught me to push myself. It was one of those things where it's like you see your limit and you're told, go past it. There's no excuse why you can't do this. You just need the time and energy to get there. And so that was a great fun time. And I was happy too, because um, before I left, our deployment time was about up and we were about to be restationed. I ended up getting my first degree black belt, which I actually did end up using for a film when I got back to Georgia. Hawaii was everything and more that I could have wanted. I need to go back. I have a lot of love for the people there, a lot of love for the cultures, a lot of love for the food, the views, everything. That place is just beautiful. And the people are beautiful, and I have a lot of love for them. I've always thought about uh, possibly retiring out there, but it's just expensive, you know, <laughs> especially for, a, for an artist. Now back in Hinesville and graduating high school, Christian had to make plans for the future. Somewhat surprisingly, his father encouraged his plan to pursue the arts. I was surprised about that as a teenager because I thought he'd be more and more pushy for me to join. 
and, you know, follow in his footsteps, you know, join up with Third ID maybe. But no, actually, it was, it was actually kind of funny to me. So my best friend, or well, he's pretty much my brother now, his family, they were military, very military. I know his folks pushed him. And growing up as a kid, you know, when all your friends are saying they're going to join the military and, you know, they're going to, you know, enlist and join all these different branches, being in the middle of that, you're like, oh, man, is my dad going to say the same thing? Do I have to join, you know? My dad has a peculiar uh, way of looking at it. He initially joined because of his dad. And it wasn't because his dad forced him to. It was because his dad had a bad heart. So my, my grandpa had a bad heart and couldn't go to Vietnam. And so my dad was like, when I get older, I'm going to join for you because you couldn't. And after being in for so long as he had been in, he told me back in middle school that he doesn't want me to join. He's like, I went in so you wouldn't have to. And just do what anything else that you want to do, but don't do this. So coming out of high school here in Hinesville, I went to a small Christian school and they give us the general Christian schools to consider for college, you know, from our counselors. I was like, no, no, no. I want to go. I'm going to go to an art school. You know, I want to be an actor. You know, I was that I was high on that senioritis in high school. And I was like, I'm going to go to high school. I'm going to get out of here. My entire idea was I'm going to go to a film school down in Florida, you know, like Full Cell or something, and then maybe go to SCAD. I remember trying to get like putting in for SCAD. I think, yeah, I went and did tours and stuff and was talking to them a lot about going. And then I realized I don't need to do all that. I ended up deciding on Armstrong just because I had a friend going there and he um, brought me to the theater department, actually. And this was before I even went to the school, like my last semester of high school. He brought me there and I met some folks and walked around and I was like, oh man, this is a great department. These guys are cool, you know? They look like they, you know, put on some cool shows, so I wouldn't mind working with them. So I went to Armstrong and I actually initially didn't go in as a theater major. I was actually a business major, like a business economics major. My mother actually is the one, was the one in my household growing up that was pushy for me to get a specific type of job because she wanted me to be like a lawyer or, or do like finances or work with businesses or something like that. And so I went to school for business economics. At some point, though, I decided I want to fully commit to theater because I was dual majoring and I would pretty much alternate in and out. Every semester would be a, a coin flip on whether am I taking stage classes or am I going to sit in a classroom doing accounting and paperwork. And so at some point I decided I can't do this anymore. I'm like a year and a half in. I want to be on stage. And I made that, that deliberate choice to just commit to that department. And my goodness, that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. The, the people I've gotten to work with, the friends I've made. And just between the intensity and the regularity of, of working in that theater, because we do a show like one, two shows a semester, that doesn't leave much lull time. You know, have a much of, much of that time to lean and sit around and, and sometimes do those college experience things that you see in the movies. I just remember getting done with like a class at like four in the afternoon and remembering, oh yeah, I have to go to the theater, I have rehearsal, 
and being there from like six to nine or six to 10, getting done. And then, you know, being like, oh yeah, I'm done. Now I gotta go work in the shop, you know, and help them out. Because um, at Armstrong, which I don't know if a lot of leaders do this, something we're really big on is just because you are on stage does not mean you can't work in a shop or work in a booth. Everyone's created equal in that department. <laughs> and so you end up picking up all these different skills and you will do everything on a show. Because I remember our tech people, for example, they would perform in shows with us. And it was just always funny, you know, because they never wanted to come to the auditions, but they would end up in shows with us, you know, working next to us. And that was always awesome. I would say one of the best things about that department, besides that kind of familial team atmosphere that we have, because we were a very big component of we in that theater, I would say would be that our professors and our, you know, our directors, our people above us, they see something in all of us that we ourselves don't see, you know? They have faith in you to get to that point. You're being pushed down a path that you might not be able to see yourself just yet, but they see it in you. And it's really nice to, you know, see that in the arts. Technically, as far as I've been involved in college and everything, I'm not too oriented towards film. I took about two semesters of some film classes with some acting for the camera classes with Andrea Frankel and a couple of directing film classes, but a really talented man who works in Savannah. My experiences initially with theater were come in, go to classes, get done, rehearse, go work in the shop. Not a lot of downtime. In my classes with film, it was slightly different because uh, in all my film classes, we'd come in, you know, watch a movie or a show. We get our scripts and we'd just go to town on that script rigorously, you know. And then after that, we'd have a lull where it's like, hey, take this work that you were just given that we've worked on today. You have about two or so days to go sit with that. It's not like I had to stay in the building or, you know, I could actually go back to my room <laughs> with my film stuff. Because a lot of my film work actually would be me being out and about either doing some form of research or being in my dorm, just, you know, working with like my roommate on stuff and a lot of reading. I mean, I do a lot of reading and the theater stuff too, but with film, I had to learn more about editing, a lot more about lighting and angles. I had to learn about the whole eyeline thing and everything. And so how my day would go when I would come in for my couple of film classes I had, I'd come in for the day, you know, be a little bit early just so I can make sure I have an idea of what the room will be like when I'm in there. Because we operated in a little film studio with a little sound booth next to it. And I'd come in early just to make sure that I've striked the set, everything's placed where it needs to be if we're going to be filming that day. And I'll just familiarize myself with the setting and the place that I'm in. Because we usually put tape down, of course, for our marks on the floor where we'll be standing during filming. And, you know, just get comfortable in that space and um, just take in my surroundings, you know, so I can play with it a bit more. It's weird because the film stuff, for the most part, felt like a theater, but a lot smaller, you know? Because on stage, we have to play, you know, to the back. You know, we have to play to the farthest person in the back. We need to make sure that they can hear us and see us. But when you're in front of that camera, it's a lot smaller. So I remember, you know, coming in 
because every day or every other day when we had the classes, I'd come in and just practice doing little tiny face things into the <laughs> into a mirror, you know, because I was always worried I'm I'm too big on it, you know, I'm too big in front of the camera. But we'd spend about an hour or so doing that, an hour or two of us working our scenes or going over stuff with our film teacher, Professor Frankel. And that woman is intense. I I have a lot of respect for her. I know some people don't like her style and method of teaching sometimes, just because, you know, they're theater people being taught film things. And, you know, we have slightly different ways of doing things in each camp. But I think she, that woman has a real knack for this stuff, because I know she works in the field professionally. She really made the classroom feel like a professional. It felt less like a class and more like work. Coming in every day, I felt like I was doing an audition. It was really stressful, but a lot of fun, you know? Whenever I wasn't doing that class, I had my directing class, and that was a lot of fun. At this point, I had done directing before. It wasn't for film, of course. It was for stage work, but I had done some directing. I got to come in you know, meet a a room full of other people who wanted to do like directing or like film related things in regards to like cinematography or uh, lighting and all that. Now that class, I will say, became like a out of the class kind of constant job because we would watch films in that class, you know, maybe do papers on them or analyze them and stuff. But when it came time for us to do our own projects, you have to run this idea of being your own production company. My second part of that class I ended up taking, because it was a two-semester course, um, we ended up making a mini production company with the class, and we shot a short film. That was probably the most stressful time of my college life, because film is such a different animal, you know? You have to go and get the locations. You got to make sure your people are fed and happy. You have to cast these people. You have to hire all these people to fill these roles. It's like trying to build a machine with these little bits of parts, with the tiniest bits of parts that you hope will come together and get the cogs rolling and get your machine to work. I think it was a good experience, but it was stressful. I'll say that. I would say that most film stuff, as opposed to theater where you, you know, of course you do your your research and you do your homework, You spend a lot more time with your stage company or your stage group, you know, that family. You spend a lot more time with them. But when you're doing film, like if someone else is doing rehearsals that day, you just go home. If you're not in that scene, you can just leave, you know. There's a lot more outside of the classroom kind of stuff you have to do, I would say. I would say that going to a smaller college was a pretty good investment. I personally think everyone should do it. Avoid going to those big name branded schools or party schools and everything. I personally, you know, with not going to my first pick schools and everything, I was a little bummed out in the beginning. But after being there for about four and a half or so years, I was like, wow, (laughs) I got to do things I never thought I'd be able to do. You know, I got to like actually do auditions for like films and stuff. I got to actually work on several plays and get my first leading role in a theater with plays. It was just a great experience. I think that smaller atmosphere was healthier, I would say, than that big name branded school where you might have a bit more competition or where people might have a bit of an ego. 
at Armstrong, the whole ego thing, you weren't the top dog. It's either we all fail or or we all make it. There's no place for your ego because it's all of us in the department coming towards that common goal of wanting to put on the best show we can. And so I would say, you know, do your research if you're thinking about going to school, if you're thinking about going to an art school, because Armstrong wasn't even like an art school. It just had an outstanding theater department. I would say, look, look for that thing that you value in your schools. And when you're doing your research, when you're doing your tours, talk to them because they want to hear from you. They want you to talk to them, you know, get to know these people. Because I'm at that point now where my teachers at Armstrong are my friends. I still reach out to them, asking them for advice. You know, they want to see you, see you make it. And it was really nice to have professors that weren't there for a paycheck or weren't just there because they're tenure. They were there because they wanted to, to get the best out of their students. And they believe that you can make it. Do your research, look at those schools and just find those people who will get the best out of you. You know, they pushed me to do things I never thought I'd do. <laughs> As Christian prepared for graduation, timing was not on his side. Coming out of college for me, I came out of school with a plan. I came out of school with about three or four jobs that I was looking into, of a couple of film sets that were here at the time. Also, I came out trying to work with one of my professors at his production company. Man, COVID really threw a wrench in all that. I will say that that school did prepare me. Like I would say that they prepared me to be tenacious enough and strong-willed enough not to give up when things were pretty hard. I, I know with you know COVID being so unforeseeable, you know you can't prepare for that. You know you can't prepare on like mass exodus of jobs and employers. It's just bound to happen. I, I will say they they prepare us well for that because the last year. My senior year, they, they did this thing for us where they really push us, in my, at least in my department, to focus on what are you going to do when you get out of school? Are you going to go to grad school? You know, are you going to grad? Um, are you looking at these theater companies here, maybe? Um, what is your, you know, step-by-step -step plan for getting in the door at all these different types of places, whether it be film or stage work? I would say they prepared us pretty well because most of us, I know when we got out of school, they had a lot of friends right after graduation. You know, they got with theater companies during COVID. And that was insane to me, you know. Personally, um, a lot of my stuff was film related because of my location. I wasn't able to just leave town and move. So at the time, since I was still in the Savannah area, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at a bunch of film work and prep for that kind of stuff. Then COVID happened and I realized, oh no, I can't just bank on these three different film type jobs I had an idea for. I realized that that's okay. That's life. You know, you're not always going to be able to be working. In fact, as much as COVID has been stressful and a strain on me, I think it taught me to, to go a little bit easier on myself. It allowed me to sit back and take a breath. I had just come out of school, you know, where I'd be working a part-time job, go to school, work on two productions, if not three productions at a time, have to skip classes to work maybe on a film set. Coming out of college, you know, I realized that I had this crazy work ethic that I had put on myself personally. You know, it's not that my department did this to me, but I just had this high standard now that I had to constantly be going. 
I realized I needed to take that step back and take that breath and just catch myself. And so I decided, let's just try something new, you know? So I did like deliveries with DoorDash for a bit. I moved furniture, you know, doing job, partly just random odd jobs, you know, just trying to get by. So for most of 2020, I did anything and anything. I mean, I ended up even painting at like a hotel for a season. I would, you know, just go to hotels and paint and, you know, I was pretty bad at it, but that's okay. You know, I learned something new about myself. It was a fun experience though, you know, just it's, it's nice to take a step away from what you normally do. And I don't regret that, you know, doing these little odd jobs, they're humbling and it's, it's nice to do these things, you know, and to catch up with yourself. With the turn of 2021, I decided, okay, I need to get back into the filming things. You know, COVID can't be my blocker forever. So, you know, I jumped on Devotion. I jumped on a Jazz Man's Blues, you know, just, just so I can get back familiar with the whole set life. So I just did background for a bit, get re-familiar with things, you know, learn COVID guidelines, all that stuff. Once May came around, I shot a short film with some folks and worked with them on this little period piece, little Western style Gold Rush film. It's about two folks who are out during the gold rush looking for gold, and it's a comedy. So in my experience, because I've done a handful of short films by this point, and this was my second, maybe third-ish producer role, and going from that big set to that small little set is, for one, refreshing. Because I will say, as much as I love working on those bigger films, doing background or whatever, Sometimes, you know, yeah, you, you very much are a movable prop for them. You know, you're, you're like cattle to them. They just kind of herd you around and you don't feel that passion and love you. Or actually the better way to put it on those big films, there's so many moving parts and so many people. There's a good chance you might be very far removed from those people that have that passion, that contagious spark, that push, that drive. Like these guys had this vision and this idea, you know, it was so positive. It wasn't like, oh, I got to go to work today and I got to get this film done. I got to got to make this bank, you know, it wasn't stressful. You know, people weren't complaining. We were just happy to be working on something so passion filled and everyone just brought their best to it. And I mainly helped with getting locations and such since I've grown up in this area. You know, I have a good lay of the land and I know what's relatively cheap and what can be free, you know, out here to film. And I just got to travel all over to all these little small towns in, in Georgia. You know, I was just, I'd wake up one day, plot my GPS and just follow, you know, riverways and just be like, where am I going? You know, where am I going to find the day? You know, it was an adventure. It kind of did make me feel like I was out looking for gold. It was, it was a lot of fun, really. But um, I found this little tiny camp that connects to like a river. And I went in there and just talked to them. And, and it was a family owned camp. And they were like, sure, go for it. And, you know, I was prepped, you know, the pay and everything. And come day to film, they just gave it to us for free. Felt like the film had to happen at that point because everything just kept getting better and better. I remember when we were doing the set dressings for the set, you know, I went out and got rocks and stuff that will look like this area that the gold rush happened in, you know, just to get that look of those waterways because we couldn't just go north of Georgia, you know, and move the entire production team up there, you know, to work for a couple of days. So we had to work with this small riverway here. And 
going from that bigger to smaller set of being a, a nobody on this big set, you're virtually cattle in a way, to this small set, but being in a producer position, you have a lot more weight on your shoulders because you feel that need to do even more. But um, it wasn't really an issue. I, I loved it. All around, just talented group of individuals, you know, they have their niche, they know what they want to do, and they just do it to a T, and it's a beautiful thing to see. At present, Christian has had to prioritize his family over his career, but he remains committed to pursuing new projects and looks forward to resuming full-time creativity. I had to actually take a break from the industry and everything and like trying to find work and all that because um, I recently moved my grandmother down from um, North Carolina and a bunch of other family things, a whole lot of just family things going on. I had to, you know, compromise and then reevaluate what I need to focus on right now. I spend a lot more time, you know, in my office now with my microphone and my equipment, just learning new things. I'm writing some stuff with a friend right now, actually, down here with this, our local area, trying to do like a gothic style horror film. I'm really excited to be working on something like that. I think I really want to dabble a lot more in voiceover, you know? I really want to get into to doing those characters. Uh, I want to do, I want to be a character actor for voiceover. I want to get into just more of it. I've had the privilege of meeting several voice actors over the last couple of years and just it seems like such a great experience, you know, it's such a different style of acting. A lot of us theater actors, we're used to using our entire body, you know, our whole face, big expressions, lots of controlled movements and all that. But touching on, on voiceover work, you know, you, you only have access to your voice and your own imagination. It's a real small environment to work in, you know, because on stage you're working with, at times, dozens of other people but in the booth you're working with what a sound engineer your director maybe one other person i mean you might have three or four people in a room but you're not interacting with other actors and i'm like whoa that's such a cool and interesting challenge and i would love to do that i really look forward to getting into that a bit more in the next year or so i'm, I'm excited I'm, I'm excited for what the rest of this year and what 2022 will be I'd tell anybody who's listening to this now and wants to, you know, pursue a creative field like this, like in the arts or whatever, and this can apply to, you know, any job actually is don't expect your plan to always come to fruition. You know, you never know what life will throw at you. One second you could be in your little town. The next thing you know, you could be somewhere across the globe. You never know where you're going to be. You never know what life will throw at you. And do what you can within your circumstances, you know, work within your means and your circumstances and don't give up, you know, don't get discouraged. And you, you see these people who look like, you know, oh, they get lucky and they just so happen to make it. But that's, that's never the case. You know, you don't see the, the hours that go in behind these folks. You know, you don't see the hours, the, the days, the sleepless nights that people will put in for these, their dream job. Don't expect it to come all at once. It's okay to have little wins. That's something I had to learn, you know, the hard way, you know, take every little win you can and be okay with that. It'll come eventually, you know, just be bold, be deliberate, be brave and take the little wins that you can. Thanks for listening to Creators by Moonlight. 
Email the show at creatorsbymoonlight at gmail.com and follow the show on social at creatorsbymoonlight.com.